I thought it was really exciting that brands could take part in empowering art and empowering artists. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a form of advertising where the brand was going to be happy, the creator was going to be happy, and the audience was going to be happy. And if you had the right systems and processes that everyone, whenever there's a brand deal, we're going to be happy that the content was empowered rather than disturbed. This is Creative Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your host, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. Welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Ricky Ray Butler. How are you doing, Ricky? <laughs> I'm doing great. I, I think I'm kind of a guest today as well, well right? You're right, because today we're actually going to kind of banter back and forth about the industry and how we got started, uh, but more really deep insights. But before we do this, there's like a an article that's been floating around that kind of just drives me bonkers, <laughs> and it's saying that the bubble's going to burst. You know what bubble I'm talking about here? <laughs> oh, man, there's a lot of bubbles about to burst. <laughs> Um, is it the um, influencer AI hype bubble? <laughs> oh my gosh! Or is it the the platform bubble? <laughs> it is um, because that's still that's still that's still kicking a little bit. <laughs> it's um, the influencer bubble. I've I've read oh, yeah. that. Well, about just influencers in general. Yeah, no, no. no this, this article is going uh, another it. reporter that doesn't know data. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that a reporter yeah. that doesn't actually understand how to quantify <laughs> the data. So here's the thing. Um, there is an article, and it was really funny. Um, I, I, I saw this article show up in LinkedIn. And it was by uh, uh, Mr. Beast's manager. And he, he says, man, this just drives me nuts. And so I read the article and there's this lady on Instagram, Ari, uh, has over 2 million followers and she couldn't sell 36 shirts. <laughs> mm. And he's like, I should write an article about this. I'm like, Reed, go ahead and write the article because it's like ridiculous. I think the press is looking and, for it. And, and are these her shirts? That, see, that's the question here. So this oh, is because a, I know I'm very familiar with the story and like we looked into it, but like, but like, I don't have all the context. I yeah. Guess. So, so the article itself that's been floating around it, it, it sourced out and then multiple people picked it up like Mashable and so on and so forth and kind of went from there. Basically said that she was trying to push her audience to go buy some of her shirts at 36 bucks. Or I'm sorry, uh, not 36 bucks. <laughs> she couldn't even sell 36 shirts. And so kind of that's where it went. But what's interesting, though, is she uh, has over 2 million followers. And I think the average person that, that kind of like looks 2. at 6 that. Million. Was that 2.6 million. Was it 2.6? Yeah. So the average person that looks at that, like, oh, man, she has a huge, uh, super engaged audience. Now, with your background, you kind of look at those numbers a little bit differently than the average person that says, oh, you have a million followers on Instagram or 2.6 million followers on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, how do you analyze that? Well, there's a lot of things to consider, and there's a lot of factors to look at. Um, what are the anomalies? Like, is she seeing spikes up every so often? I mean, followers that just seem unnatural? Or is she seeing, like, drop-off? which is also unnatural. Um, and a couple other things is to consider. Does it look like her engagements are, like in comments, are casual? Or are they on point? Yeah. Do they look like they're loyalists? Or are they just you know commenting the comment? Because there's a couple things that could be happening. One, she could have, I mean, we actually do know, like with our AI, we already take, <laughs> took a look at this. Um, and, and I should have known, Ricky. Yeah, we, we already confirmed that, you know, we're, we're predicting that she has around like 25% fake followers. 25%. 25%. But still, if, you know, well, not just 25% fake followers, but 25% fake engagement right. um, around content. And, and, and so if you, if you look at that, um, 
that, that, that's a really high number, but that's not the only thing that's going on here. Because if you take out 25%, there's still a, a lot of people viewing and, and, and interacting. Um, there's, a, there's other things she should be doing. She could also be a part of, um, I, I call them, you know, the casual engagement groups where, you know, you do a like <laughs> you, for a like, yeah. you comment for a comment. Right. And, and, right. And, and, and basically you join a group like on Telegram and where there's like maybe, you know, several thousand or, you know, tens of thousands of people that are a part of this network group where they they, 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 they they make a promise that once you make a post live, everyone goes and goes and comments on it. So let's just make it clear. Yeah. That's not a good thing to do. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Because so we looked at a couple of different angles. One thing we looked at like the, you know, the bot percentages, but we also tried to look at, okay, if we were to try to, you know, do something on Instagram stories, you know, how many views can we predict that she's going to get? And we were predicting that it was in, you know, not, not high views at all. Right. And, and, um, you know, probably around like the low 30 thousands, which is very low for, for 2.6 million followers. followers yes. Yep. Now with that said, I don't think it's the only reason why she couldn't sell her shirts. I, th I think there's, you know, I mean, they maybe weren't a good fit for the the loyals that she did have. I mean, there's a couple different things because there's this is a this is a problem not only because of bots. I mean, it has to be a product that really fits and is going to resonate with her audience. Well, the, and and are her, are, is her audience male or female? Right. I mean, and I mean, the, and the big, the big issue is this: is like, first off, how do you actually sell shirts on Instagram, right? And if you've never done that before, doesn't matter if you're an advertiser or an influencer. There's going to be a bumpy road ahead just because you have you know, all these followers or followers and 25% bot, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's still, how do you engage them to actually purchase? And so she has since taken down her, um, her post, she deleted her post on asking to, you know, get a thousand shirts or whatever. And she sold 36. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, you bring in some very valid points. And so, uh, a lot of creators, they, they'll just go and post and, and say, hey, go buy this. And they don't include them in the process of actually creating the product. You know, if, if, the, if, the, uh, if the community is more engaged in creating the product, then guess what happens? They're more apt to buy. And sure. if it's one of their ideas, they're even more apt to buy that. And so it's just like... That's kind of uh, kind of a heavy thing for a lot of creators. Is they're really good at maybe posting an Instagram picture or doing some videos or even some stories, but to get people to actually want to care to pull their credit card out of their wallet and purchase something online, that takes a little bit of skill and yeah. it takes takes a lot of trust. Yeah, and 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 one it's one thing to also look at is you you can't cut corners. Yeah, you have to be very careful with that because you know my data science team based off of. You know our different AI that we've been looking, I mean, have, we've had looking at this, are very confident that there's a lot of artificial stuff going on here, right. and as a result of that, you know, you're not going to get the most important metric. Yeah, you might have you know some engagements that looks like you're getting engagements, you're getting views, but if you can't drive sales, it, it's a sign that you're going to be very limited, especially with brands becoming a lot more sophisticated. You're going to be very limited in your monetization, or at least you know getting you know you know, return deals. Right. Well, let's talk about your background a little bit, because sure. I, I think a lot of people, uh, you kind of, you float not necessarily under the radar, but you're in the right circles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You've always yeah. been at the right place, Ricky. The right place at the right time. I don't know how you do it. Uh, well, we're always very data driven. <laughs> so as there's all this hype out there and all these different companies getting a lot of different press, you know, even from when I first started the company I started, um, I have always just, you know, been very particular about 
making sure making very calculated risks. Yeah, and, and you probably like, okay, you probably have some algorithms say, okay, I gotta go to this party or this party. Which one's gonna have the better, <laughs> better yeah, connections I, at? We, 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 <laughs> no, um, we, we, never gotten that targeted. <laughs> But um, but your background, like you you like you've been in the industry oh, yeah. super long, helping influencers actually do integrated brand deals. Yes, and to go through this. I mean, so, so I'll give a quick summary. Yeah, I'll give a quick that, summary. So like you know, over ten years ago, I, I started a company called Plaid, and I started okay. that company. Why did you come up with the shirt? Oh gosh! <laughs> the, no. Oh, I mean, so so by the way, see, there it is. I hated the name. I started with Plaid. I started with two partners, and I was outvoted <laughs> on the name of the company. <laughs> and and now you and wear then, Plaid. Then, I bought, I bought them both out, and then, yeah, I just kept the name. <laughs> it's I mean, like, it okay, was too late. We're doing plaid, baby. <laughs> but no, so you know, we started a company because we realized that you know this, this was something that was growing really fast. And after doing a couple of tests with different creators and different influencers and crashing websites or selling out of product, you know, realized that, wow, we got we to gotta really take this seriously and scale this up as quickly as possible. And so... We we started out not you know um, now this how is like everyone else ten years ago right I mean yeah yeah because you, like you had clients go to the first VidCon um, like yeah. that I was familiar with yeah yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah so I was at the first VidCon um, um, uh, yeah we've been around for a really long time you know I remember when Michael Buckley and and and, and Ryan Higa were like the two like powerhouses of YouTube right I mean right. they're like the I mean it's very old school but you no know, what we realized is that you know I. I, I had, you know, a good amount of experience in digital advertising. And when I started seeing the amount of clicks and like the CTR percentages and the, and the amount of conversions that would get from a campaign, there was no other form of advertising that could compete with it. And to be frank, even today, you know, 10 years later, there's still no other form of um, digital advertising or traditional advertising that can compete when it comes right. to engagements and when it comes to conversions. And, and, so, and so when you when you're able to see that, like like looking at that, were you kind of like uh, Mr. Krabs in, in, in SpongeBob? <laughs> you, you start seeing dollar signs in every little thing. <laughs> is that what it was? And you're like, okay, I got to take this opportunity here. Well, I mean, that's a part of it, but a big part of it also is I thought it was really exciting that brands could take part in empowering art and empowering artists. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a form of advertising where. The brand was going to be happy, the creator was going to be happy, and the audience was going to be happy. And if you had the right systems and processes that everyone, whenever there's a brand deal, we're going to be happy that the content was empowered rather right. than disturbed. Well, and, and two, it's like, and this is what I love of where the direction of the industry is going. It's like, we have more data now than we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. uh, some, some you're able to, to organize in a way and some's unstructured, but we have yeah. so much data and it can help us to make the right decisions based off of that data. And it's like, I, I'm excited for it from a creative side. I'm yeah. excited for it from a, a sell side because now we can see exactly what's going on and where to actually focus our, our attention for the tweaks. What we're noticing with unstructured data, so this is not the data that you can fit into a spreadsheet. It's not the you know, right. structured like views and engagements, et cetera. This is you know actual video and audio and groups of text. We're seeing unstructured making the biggest difference when it comes to conversions. Yeah. Not necessarily when it comes to predicting views 
And, and, and no, but when it seeing comes the patterns and saying, okay, here's the patterns. This that, could that, as humans, it's really hard for us to look at. Right. So when you look at a video, you're seeing it from one perspective. When our AI looks at a video, they're looking at it from 10 million different perspectives. So it, it is looking at it from 10 million different perspectives. I mean, it's crazy. So tell me how it happened from 10 years ago to now. Like, how's it transformed? Because so, I, know, I know brands were really, really skeptical to come on and say, oh, you want me to work with this influencer? Why do oh, I want to work with this influencer? Um, we were laughed out of a, I mean, a good handful of the top <laughs> like media and, and, and advertising agencies. Like, are, when we, when are, are any of those people still around? Did you they're like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> you know what? No, I you know I try, you I try to forgive and forget. <laughs> but you can carry but, this little black book. <laughs> but no, but I mean, there's a there's a time where like both brands and agencies were, would like look at what we're doing and say, well, yeah, that's where the eyeballs are, but the content sucks. Yeah, and a big part of it is like you know with. You know, a new generation getting into the corporate world, that's a big part of why this is exploding like it is. But also, brands are are all very focused on driving ROI more now than ever before. Right. And so 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 that's exciting. But 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 with that said, when we first started out, you know, there's a lot of different creators that wanted us to represent them. And we decided early on that we were going to represent the brand and be creator and, and solution okay, that, agnostic. And that was the smartest thing we did. Uh, that, that like so outside the box thinking because most people, okay, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll manage you and we'll bring the brand deals in and we'll go from there. But you're like, wait a minute, if we have a better relationship with the brands, we can go out and find the talent. And if the talent comes and goes, we can actually just still, the, the talent and the and the creators, they, there's just something about loving, um, you know, you know, you know, friends that you know don't have exclusivity. Yeah. That that aren't going to force you to give you know um, a percentage. give them a percentage exactly. on everything that they do. Um, that isn't being fake based on you know um, you know trying to do a, a deal with you. Yeah. And, and so what we learned is you know I, I think Forbes you know mentioned and called us you know YouTube's rich uncle. We're yep. invited to all the parties. <laughs> we're friends with everyone, but you know we were out of the drama. You're always bringing them money. Yeah. You're never taking their money. And and and, yep. and, and to to me, it was all about generating ROI and optimization. And when it came from the brand perspective, so our whole focus was to scale campaigns. And so. Um, you know, we, we today use AI and deep learning algorithms to do what we're doing. But before, you know, we we're using more, you know, basic, you know, AI to to do predictive analytics. And we've always been doing predictive analytics. Since and, day one? Well, yeah, since early on um, in the company, we've always had to do that because because this well, no no one really did. I mean, we, we were we were <laughs> always like company secrets. We were always building our own bots, right? And and we never really had a PR strategy. So we were we were growing over a hundred percent every year, and that was without even having a sales org. And so you know, four or five years ago, I, I sold my company to Brand Entertainment Network, which we called Ben, and and basically, which which is hundred percent owned by, um, by Bill Gates, but is basically two companies that are that have been merged together. One was Plaid, which you know, we were one of the first right. companies to really work with, you know, inf influencers when it came to, you know, doing campaigns with brands and 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 working with influencers at scale. And then we merged with a company called Norm Marshall Associates, uh, which was one of the first companies over 35 years ago that did product placement. Right. And what was interesting when we got together and 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 connected we had the same systems and processes. Um, they also had their own way of, you know, um, you know, predicting results, and and we, we merged together. And with the resources that we had, we're able to come up with very sophisticated. I mean, we we had over thirty five years of data, yeah, over a decade of data when it came to conversions so, with influencers. So you took all of that data, 
and, and we were able to, you know, use the resources and create some very sophisticated AI and deep learning to, to use on our platform. So there's a lot of brands that were resistant to do brand integrations with, with new online video and with creators and so yeah. on. And they really kind of drug their feet with this. And I, I, I'm very familiar with, a, you know, a lot of these people in the industry because they're like, oh, no, 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 because it disrupts the Apple cart. Like the Apple cart is like, hey. We have this unlimited budget we can spend because they don't really care about ROI because you can't really track ROI. But now it's like, no, every little cent can be tracked and it can be attributed back to a specific campaign. And those specific campaigns can have sub-campaigns of seeing exactly what, what's actually working. I, I, and you have to thank Google and a lot yeah. of these huge platforms like Facebook to getting brands shifting the way they're thinking because they've always been yeah. competing with traditional advertising, which was very limited when it came to like results. Yeah. But... Um, but, but even on the, the, the traditional side of our business where we do product placement in film and TV. And Let, let's talk about that for a second. Because like the first, when I was a kid um, growing up in the 80s, um, I was watching E.T. for the first time. Yeah. And, and later on learning when I'm in marketing, I got my degree in marketing and stuff like that. But it's just like learning about the opportunity that M&Ms had that they did not take. Right. And Reese's Pieces took that, that opportunity and to see the difference of cells and you know, introducing Reese's Pieces to a broader audience just by because it's integrated into the the film itself. Um, like, I think that's the answer for a lot of these brands. It's like, look, you, they weren't selling the product, but they were selling the product. You know how yeah. how do how do creators do that? How do you actually do it in the movies? The product empowered the story. Yeah, and it was a part of the story. And 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 so a lot I of times I went out and bought M you know, sure. not M and M's but Reese's Pieces. Like I just went right for it because yeah. And after Stranger Things, I bought Eggo Waffles. <laughs> and I've been eating that every day. I was the just really. was like the <laughs> you know the cereal, right? That's right. But but no, I, and and that's the thing is, you know, you obviously with you know traditional like you know brand integration or product placement can't do the same measurements. But I think that's going to change. And I, I think it's potentially going to change first on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, you can already see the music that's playing on Amazon. Do, do you know what's... On Amazon Prime, as well as all the actors and actresses. Eventually, it's going to be products tying to the store. Yep. And then when we can start measuring you know, click-through rates for traditional product placement, that's going to be very exciting. Here's, here's, here's my prediction. And I'll, I'll be quick to predict this for sure. But um, so Google Brain is the AI that's running um, uh, YouTube. Right. And, and also a lot of people tap into the API and they're able to, to learn a lot of data. So uh, for my presentation that I'm doing uh, on the main stage at the industry track for, for VidCon, I'm actually showing clips of videos and the AI is able to identify what it is and actually create all the resources where it is online. And it's able to identify what it's about. It's able to, to see, oh, that's a, you know, a Sprite can or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it starts to associate everything that's in the room or whatever's in the video and what's being said, the tonality of the video, the pacing yeah. of the video and, and everything. And it just starts to group it together and starts to, um, you know, have all that data available. So to take it even so a step further. So that's a lot further, of technology you, that we are also creating. Yeah, and, and you can see it in real time too. You can see all this stuff happening in yeah. real time. And to have that actually show up, if that's what you want in your feed, oh, that's what I want. You know, one step by, you know, you want to click by, you're able to do that. I can see that's where the future of things going. Yeah. But from a, like from a product integration now, like taking the Reese's Pieces example back in the 80s, like how 
how much more effective is it now versus back doing a product placement in a general video that might or might not take off? You know what? I mean, it's well, in a video that might or might not take off. And so that's that's why you got to have predictive analytics. Right. Um, and, and you can't predict that for a movie. I no. Mean, you can't after opening weekend, but. Well, so th- th- that's the thing is um, th- it's, it's, it's really important to be able to do this in a very calculated way. And, 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 and if we could step back just a little bit, you know, back in the eighties, uh, and, and, and even now a lot of brands, when they, when they thought of product placement, is this more of like a check off the list? Mm. It was something that they didn't necessarily really pay for even. And, 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 and it was just more brand recognition. Hey, we have our brand here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But today brands are realizing that this is actually going to become a really big part of their marketing mix and their media mix because everyone I mean, a lot of the population out there is avoiding advertising like the plague. Right. That's why the subscription, you know, um, you know, non-ad supported platforms are really starting to explode right now. Um, um, ad blocking technology has it's never you know, been up at yeah. a higher rate than it is today. I believe like Google, you know, every year acquires a bunch of ad blocking, you know, softwares. Um, and I don't know if that's the case for so sure. So note but, to but, self, yeah. create one of those and you can get bought out well, by Google. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> but even on the traditional side, you know, with, with DVR, I mean, right, right. I mean there, there's, there's a lot of different um, ways of avoiding ads. And, and so, you know, brands are now like realizing that, Whoa! I mean, this is something that we have to take seriously, and we know from our own data is that consumers prefer integrations way more than than actual ads. Right. Um. Even if like, think about it, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time? Wow, that's a tough one. I mean, yeah. right out of the gate, say Old Spice. Like, like I, I was thinking back more, you know, Apple, like the Apple Macintosh computer. That was like by far. Very inspiring. I, I remember seeing it as a kid, and I'm like, yeah. I want to do this one day. I want to make Super Bowl commercials, which I don't do, but I get more, <laughs> I get more views in the Super Bowl yeah, commercials. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of do it, right? Well, well, that's the thing is, you know, even if you have your most favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time, after you see it five times or maybe eight times, you're tired of seeing it. Right, right, you, right. I mean, you want to go back to the content that you're trying to consume. And and so this is a trend that's really, like, I mean, growing, I mean, is really starting to grow. And our company, as a result of that trend, is just exploding. Right. Um, both from the influencer side as well as the product placement side. But to be honest, the two worlds, more so than ever today, are colliding oh, yeah. across the board. And we always knew, like, 10 years ago that the future of influencers was going to be the future of TV. And that's what it is today. So one of the, one of the most effective campaigns um, is actually done by an Amazon company and it's audible. Like I've been really impressed with it. It's a very easy integration. Hey, be a part of my book club. This is the book that I'm reading. They're scaling like crazy. And like their growth is insane. And it's been consistent (laughs) for like five years. I know. It's been a a very long-term strategy. And that's what all brands need to figure out how to get to. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing is, oh, they just did an ad that's more of an integration because they're saying, hey, join my book club. Here's the Audible link. You know, if you get your first month, your first book is on me or whatever it is. This is the book that I'm reading right now. You know, these people that are connected with this influencer are more apt to do that because number one, you know, you have to have several touch points to get someone to actually do anything online to sell, you know, to buy or anything like that. And to have a trusted source, that authority say, hey, I'm doing this. You should too. You know, that's a great integration. Like for me, how does a brand that's just coming out and say, okay, no one knows who I am. And how am I going to get to get my product out there? They just say, okay, Ricky and Bill Gates companies, (laughs) 
how are you how are you going to get my my product in front of the right people? What's the process uh, that you would look at? Would you look at okay, which platform is going to be the best to do it, or are you going to do it kind of an integrated approach, or what would you do? Well, it depends on like the current data that they have. Like, wh- who who does this product resonate with? And then from there, you know, we we of course, you know look at the different, you know, platforms that we want to focus on. And and let's say, you know, we decide there's a good fit from Twitch.tv to Instagram to YouTube, um, as well as, you know, integration opportunities, let's say, on, on Netflix or, or, or broadcast television. Right. We basically I mean, put together a plan. And then what we do is we use our generalized data to figure out, okay, what areas and what pieces of content out there from a creator standpoint as well as from a production standpoint are going to be best um, for, for, the, for, for, for the brand and which ones are going to you know, you know, end up having more impact for, for the brand. Right. And then from there, you just optimize it and then you customize you know, the models around that specific brand. And so within like a year, you know, they have an optimization strategy where you know, they're able to predict success month after month. Yeah. So it's really, I, I, I find it fascinating this industry. And I think that uh, a lot of people that were hesitant now are more on board because the data is quantified now. They're able to see, okay, here's what we were able to bring in versus uh, a cold lead, which would be, you know, cold ads going to a cold list. Yeah, they might have part of the segment. Distracting them or disturbing them to get in front of them. Exactly. And it's just like, that's not the best approach at all times. I I think it can be quite effective if you know how to disrupt that. Uh, You can pull people in. But that being said, that takes well, a lot skill. Of the, a lot of the stuff that you've done. Yeah. I mean, um, people like you or like the Harmon brothers where you create an advertisement that- It's more is, of an organic piece. Yeah. yeah, it's more of an organic piece, but is able to not just you know tell someone that, hey, it's a good idea to try this product. You actually sell them from A to Z and going in right. and, and, and trying the product where they actually have an action right after. And, and the, that, they that watch takes the video. skill though to, to do that. So like the average, you know, the average brand's not going to do that. They think they can do it, mm-hmm. but they want to control way too much. And so they're never going to do it. So that cold lead's not not as um, as good as a warm lead, which would be, hey, having someone of trust say, hey, go ahead and do it. Now, we talked about this uh, before in a, in a previous uh, podcast, but it was about Netflix, how Netflix really exploded. It wasn't necessarily the technology or anything like that, but it was the uh, integrated brand deal that they did with so many different uh, influencers out yeah. there. And we talked, you know, we went in depth uh, a little bit about like, I thought it was $50, but you guys were saying it was a lot more than $50. Oh, it ranged. It ranged. But, I mean, and I, I didn't work on that deal. Yeah. No, but, Jim was talking yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. Jim, Jim, Jim Ladderback, yeah. who's not this, um, you know, the head of um, VidCon. I mean, he's the one, I mean, his, his company is the one that, you know, had the Netflix account and, and yeah, like there, there were, I, I know personally several different creators that made a lot of money every year on that. Yeah. And that, that was like, okay, we don't need to do anything else because we got the Netflix deal. And it was just that, that lucrative but, but from what there. What should have happened, you know, a lot of brands, they want to do these one-off campaigns. What, what should have happened brands back then? Cause that was like, I think, was that five years ago? That like six years long I mean, time or ago. four years ago? Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago, five, six years ago. Um, um, but back then, you know, brands are just still just putting their, you know, their their, their, their toes, toes into in. the water. Yeah. And 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 but that was like an evergreen campaign that was just building so much momentum for Netflix, where millions and millions of people were becoming subscribers. Yeah, and they weren't even paying on subscribers; they were just mm-hmm. paying on signups, like mm-hmm. just getting your email for that first trial, which is crazy. Uh, and then, okay. then Audible did did, did, did the a good job, doing the same thing. And yeah. then and then you know, there's a lot of you know, we have a good handful of clients that are doing something very similar. It's just it's an ongoing campaign. And 
And it's one of those things where you just keep growing it and, and you keep, you know, adjusting and optimizing. And, and, and that's where basically when it comes to like our AI that we talk about, you know, our, our, our algorithms, it's much more empowered when you do something ongoing yeah. because it then, you know, is able to figure out all the nuances and the patterns, not just around what's happening in the industry or what's happening with the creators, but what's happening with that specific brand. And, and, and we actually had a, a situation where one of our clients said, hey, we're targeting men between 18 and 30. Um, let's go make stuff happen. And our AI came back and said, no, 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 no. You need to be targeting women 30 plus. Yeah. And, we, and so when they we, say, we, they're like, okay, are you sure? <laughs> we made that adjustment and started testing and, and, and the conversions just exploded and 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 that client has now changed their entire strategy following you know you know the, the AI predictions yeah I I think it's really fascinating I think the industry is is going light speeds and there's like people and brands that were just had their toe in the water that they're, they're all in now uh, for me it's it's all about looking at the full uh, the full picture just doing an integrated brand deal isn't just you can't just say okay that's the only thing that we're gonna do um, that's just not going to work for every brand. And, you know, you can only get so much and you actually have saturation at certain points. And, and, and that can happen. And that's why, I mean, you have to be very careful of doing it in a very organic way. We, we call it the consensus triangle, which is a system, I mean, which is a process that is data driven, right. where you have to just make sure across all the different verticals that you look at all the different nuances across all the different, you know, regions, you look at all the cultural nuances and then you figure out how to just have a steady campaign that continues to go. I don't think saturation is as big of a deal as it was, you know, like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but today, like there's seriously millions and millions of creators. But, but saturation, if, you, if they went all in, like they say, okay, Ricky, I have a $40 million budget and I want to burn it in two weeks. Yes. <laughs> that, that's going to create a level of saturation. Yes. I, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And, and then there are brands that are spending that much. I, I think you've done a few. Like yeah, those, those brands are spending that much, you know, on an annual basis, but on a two-week basis. Um, um, so, so there are definitely ways. If you're going to spend forty million dollars in two weeks, yes, that 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 that, that could saturate. Um, you know, especially if it's like targeting a specific group, right. that's going to saturate the community. You know, pretty aggressively in two weeks. But with that said, you're talking about the Super Bowl. What's interesting with how the landscape is today. Brands can literally see the results of and, a Super and the Bowl views ad. of a Super Bowl ad every month. I, I agree with that. And they can that. do it on, in an ongoing way and, and, and make it so they have you know, live data that makes it so that presence of a Super Bowl ad performs better month after month. Right. And that's the whole thing, too. It's like, okay, just because you did an integrated brand deal and you can do one Super Bowl type of of push every single month. It's what happens after the fact, because nine times out of 10, they're not going to buy immediately. You know, something's going to distract them, something's that, but you hit the page, whatever it is. And that's where that remarketing is so key on a lot of these brands. And I, I, I'm just blown away. Uh, some companies I go to consult for and they have all this money that they're pushing in, in influencer marketing. And I'm like, well, are you controlling the pixel? You know, and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) This is going to be a very long day. No, he's just talking to him that, hey, after the fact, how are you segmenting the data and how are you serving them ads based off of the things that's that's happening there? And two, uh, uh, some of the smarter brands will actually, if you do an integrated brand deal, they look at, hey, give us six seconds of a snippet that we can do for remarketing on YouTube because they have the bumper ads that are super, super cheap. So they go and they don't get to the conversion uh, page, right? So on YouTube, say, hey, you know, 
why haven't you bought it yet? Or whatever it may be. And it, so that's the whole thing is you can integrate um, your uh, integrated brand deals, but also with some remarketing and it can be very, very effective. Yeah, because I mean, you can use a big variety of creators to, to get that top, that, that top, the upper funnel, you yep. know, filled up. And then there's gonna be people that drop off and then they're gonna remember, okay, so-and-so has talked about this product I'm getting another marking, you know, I mean, I'm getting, I mean, I mean, maybe they just weren't ready to buy at that time, but when they see those, you know, um, remarketed ads, you know, they might click and end up, you know, you know, converting more. I think across the board, usually, you know, when people, you get people to go to your site, I mean, I mean, the next time they go they're mo they're most likely going to purchase. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's go back in time a little bit. Cause like I've, I'm, I'm very interested about, um, advertising and marketing and the strategy behind it. Um, I remember seeing online and I, I, at the, at the time, and I currently still live in the same place. I live in, in Utah mm -hmm. and I remember seeing a company that was super bold with, um, a very loud, um, spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> I, know who you're talking I love, about. I love Austin by the way. Yeah. Um, but very, very, I wouldn't say obnoxious, but just very, you know, direct and, and had this, this power on the video it was awesome. Um, and they were selling a tongue cleaner and when, or a brush. Yeah. When they came to they're one you, of our first clients. Yeah. yeah. When they came to you and they're like, okay, let's do some integrated marketing. Like, <laughs> I mean, think about that for a second. <laughs> I mean, a tongue brush. <laughs> well, so this is the thing. I mean, you're making it sound really formal where they came to us. Um, <laughs> Did you what go to happened them? was. I was roommates with the, with, with the, the, the founding CEO of Aura Brush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it was Jeff Harmon. Yeah. And and we were roommates. And and you know, he he's one of those guys that's just a creative genius. Yes. They like yourself. That, 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 no, he is definitely. He, he's a creative, a creative genius, genius to the point yeah. where he's like you know a little quirky. Yeah. Uh, because he's so creative and smart. <laughs> no, he is. He's and, definitely amazing. Yeah. And, and and so you know, I saw like what he was doing, and you know. You know, he can't, you know, like, were you we roommates chatted. at the time? Yeah, we were roommates at the time. Oh, like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like we'd be in his so bedroom looking at his laptop. I'm like, whoa, that date is, a, is phenomenal. And and it was around that time where I, I went full time um, with Platt. Right. Where, where I started really starting to pursue the, the influencer industry. Do, do you remember the first integrated brand deal that you did for Aura Brush, who that was or what oh, creator that man. was? Because like that, that to me is almost like history because there wasn't a lot of people getting brand deals at the time. Cause I mean, 10 years ago, I mean, if you put it in context, YouTube was barely just giving monetization money to creators. You know, they were just barely making it open so that you can become a YouTube partner. And now you're like, okay, not only you're going to get that, but Hey, if you do a shout out here for so this unfortunately, company, I can't remember the first one, but I remember their, their actual first one before, like we actually officially started working together and, 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 and it exploded. It was um juicy star. Oh seven juicy star. Oh seven. I don't know if I'm familiar yeah, with that channel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, her name's like Blair. Um, she was one of the early like beauty gurus. Oh, and she was it. like this young teenage girl that just there you go. beauty stuff. And, and they saw crazy conversions um, with with her, and then you know they can't. They you know Jeff came and said, "Hey, can you help us scale this?" And so we just started working with a bunch so of did they, creators with did, them. Did you actually find the the influencer for them, or was that? Uh, yeah, no, okay. you know, like, we got to the point where we started not Juicy Star, okay, but um, that was one that they, I think Jeff just did on his own because he noticed it that this was like going Jeff. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like let's and, test this, and, and then we just you know <laughs> we'll let the data tell us you know, if we're going to do it or not. Then, 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 then you know he said, "Hey, I want you guys to help us with this," so we just right. you know started growing their campaign. Um, no, we worked with them. We worked with another company called like um, uh, we just first of all just worked with startup companies, right? Um, 
And then there was a while there where we started working with a lot of oral hygiene. <laughs> and, and, and Well, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. If you can sell a, a tongue cleaner, yeah. I guess you can sell anything. So a little bit after, you know, working with oral brush, we, uh, there's a, there's a, a toothbrush sanitizer company that has come up to us and, and they really wanted to work with us. And I was like, well, I, I've had my experience with working with oral hygiene. I think I've had enough. <laughs> Um, we, we're going to try to diversify and work across a bunch of other industries. There you go. Because we had a lot of different big, you know, oral hygiene companies hitting us up, and well, they saw the success. Yeah, they and saw the success. Like, okay, yeah. And, but um, so we ended up. Work, so the, the the founder of this um, 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 toothbrush sanitizer company uh, said, "Look, we we, we really just want to, you know, figure out how we work with influencers through you. We know it's going to work, and this is why." And then they explained that there's a lot of. Um, bacteria from the restroom that gets on your toothbrush and you need to sanitize it. I shouldn't have heard that today. No. Yes. And so, 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 so I won't go into the details of what that bacteria is or what those particles are. And, and so we're like, whoa, we got to share this with, 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 uh, with, you know, um, different um, creators. Uh, and we've mainly focused on, you know, beauty gurus and, and, and vloggers. And um, after and the company is called Steropod, but, and after, um, about three months of pushing their product, they ended up sell over, selling out of over a thousand stores of Bed Bath and Beyond in the U.S. and Canada. That's crazy, and and, and it was the majority of their, their marketing, but it was their entire marketing budget, and and so there were successes back then. But even today, there's a lot of you know success when it comes to conversions and when it comes to you know doing influencer campaigns, yeah. and and it's and it's an area that you know people are going to have to look at in more depth. There is a lot of opportunity today to get conversions and, and of, of course, to get, you know, billions of views if, if, that, if that's what you're right. pushing for, especially like if you're doing stuff in music video. I mean, there's, there's, a lo there's, there's a lot of ways to really, you know, outperform what you're doing with traditional TV advertising. But what people need to really look at when it comes to influencer marketing is where do they think the future is? Of retail, yeah. Do they feel like the future is in Walmart? Do they feel like it's an in, it's an in-store sales, or do they need to start evolving right now when Amazon and Alibaba end up really controlling the market? So what I believe, and this is something that I, I've seen it time and time again, is there's there's two components. I mean, you have a great product. And you need to figure out how to get that product into in front of the right people, you know. And that's kind of the 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 whole essence of a marketing campaign. And yes, it can get very tactical of how you do that. I know that there's people probably watching or listening to this podcast, and they might have an idea, and and they're the idea type of people, or they might have a product. And what I want to shift gears is the power of partnering with the right people, and and that's where I think. Uh, a, a new version of wave of influencer marketing will go instead of just doing an integrated brand deal, but a percentage brand deal. And I know that you've uh, facilitated quite a few of those. I uh, want to share a, a couple. One would be, um, I, I put a conference on every year called the Vid Summit. You've come and spoken at it a couple times and, and it's like where we bring- I was uninvited after that. <laughs> <laughs> only, only once. <laughs> but anyway, um, we've tried to bring all the, the content creators and marketers and anyone that's interested in online video together and talk about data. We want to talk about audience development and really uh, maximizing the amount of money you can make you know, with the, the opportunity. Um, and w what happened was uh, there's a, a guy that came and he actually has a very successful podcast and, um, he came with an idea, uh, to the vid. Someone was invited. He really loved the conference says, I want to come back. 
And the, the next year he came back with a product. And what was interesting, this product uh, was almost ready to go. And it was getting one introduction. So uh, he came up to me and we had this little uh, kind of uh, speakers slash, um, you know, staff dinner type thing. He said, can you introduce me to, to Peter McKinnon? And I says, well, I can, but if I introduce you to someone that Peter actually likes, <laughs> which is Sean Holiday, you'll, you know, you'll probably get better reception. So I introduced him to Sean, Sean introduced him to, to Peter McKinnon. And he basically had the, the product in hand. And Peter says, well, what's that you're holding? And he, he showed him and it was really, really cool. And he's like, well, can I have this one? You know, can I, I, this is really cool. This solves a lot of the problems that I'm doing. It's called the SwitchPod. And um, ultimately, <coughs> Um, he says, no, I can't get you th this one right now. It's our only one, but I can ship you a, a prototype if you'd like to have one. And he says, yeah, sure, whatever. So anyway, they had some interactions, so on and so forth. And he, they decided to do a Kickstarter campaign and just kind of raise awareness and, and do their first initial order to go from there. Do you want to take a guess how much money they, they were able to raise in 48 hours after Peter McKinnon showcased the product? 400,000? This, like, this is like, like not even... No brand integration. He just loved the product, loved the people, and decided to do a shout out. Shout out. A couple hundred thousand. Yeah, it's four hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars. So I first said four hundred thousand, but that's <laughs> a complete guess. I had no idea. But yeah, so that's where it came from, and it's just like, what did it really take? It had someone of influence in that space that people says, "Hey, they solved a problem for me." Because what the biggest thing with vloggers, they use these gorilla pods, and it, yeah, they, they're moldable, and you can put it around a tree or whatever, and you can go from there. But when you go to set it down to level it, it just it takes so much time. So the problem was, is how do you take a vlogger and all that with SwitchPod, you just flip it with your finger and it just goes all out and you can just set it down and you're, you know, you can just go from scene to scene and not have to get everything just right from there. And so it solved, uh, you know, this uh, frustration, this problem. And so that, that shout out led to almost a half a million dollars in pre-orders, which is crazy. And they haven't even, that, that was that, that first shipment that's coming. And so that's the power of that. And then I know that there's been influencers that we, we know and love that see a product that they love, they'll reach out to them and says, hey, we'll push this for you. And they end up 10 to $20 million in sales, you know? And so for me, is it a smart move for brands that are just starting out to say, hey, let's partner with someone that can get us the right type of traffic. And if it's smart, like what, what advice would you give them? If a brand can find a creator that's the right fit, that, that really resonates with what they're trying to do, I would make them a co-founder. No, you'd go make it a co-founder. Make them a co-founder. I mean, yes, you can try to go hire them, um, but like if 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 you know that you know they're going to really push sales, you know, put together like some type of contingency plan that they're going to come on and, and be a part of the board and then help grow that thing. And then if that's gaining momentum, you're already integrated within the influencer community. Right, right. I, I, I think there should be more brands doing this. Now, this is stuff that's been happening for a long time. There's always been licensing deals around around um, celebrities. But we're starting to know, see now that when, when these creators are creating their own brands and they're out there and they're pushing it, they just have an advantage to well, any other startup. That, that leads me to the next thing is that's one way of doing it. And then when I'm working with the creators, I usually say, hey, you need to become your own brand deal. And they're like, brand deal? What? Why do I want to become my own brand deal? You know? And for me, it is easier to, you just got to have the right uh, uh, idea that will resonate with that audience. 
and they can actually establish their own brand and use it as something that they're pushing that they're able to get a lot more, um, you know, interest in because it's their own company that they're doing. Sure. There. So these creators are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Yeah. And a big part of that is their merchandise and their products. Well, that, and they're all coming out with, not with just clothing or t-shirts. They're now coming out with but this a lady only sold 36 of, uh, shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so going back to Ari. No, but that, yeah, that's know, the full I, circle I feel, here. I, feel, I, feel, I kind of feel really bad for her that well, everyone just went out on attack. And 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 then both the creator community got pissed off about it, as well as you know um, the different reporters and 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 different brands, and, and and it marginalized the community for sure. But but it's one of those things where you know Ari, she has you know she's gotten started, you know she can't get herself out of that hole yeah. of, 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 of well, that artificial audience where she I, can start growing it and, and I, making stuff I didn't happen. want to deter the conversation. I thought the conversation was really interesting, <laughs> but I just wanted to make the point <laughs> <laughs> that if you're saying hundreds of millions of yeah. dollars and she can't even sell 36 shirts, then we got a problem here. You know, there, just needs no. to be, there needs to be a rally cry that, hey, you guys can still stay in the community, um, and but you need to figure out how to build an organic, loyal yeah, following for sure, to for stay sure. in. But no, but going but going back to it, yeah, you're right. Going back to Ari, like selling twenty six shirts, is thirty six or, or, or thirty six shirts. <laughs> okay, good. It's a little better. Um, you know that, that that I mean I mean when that goes public and people start you know. You know, saying, "Oh my gosh!" You know, and the influencer industry is dead. Um, it's it's not going to work anymore. I That's didn't know who she was before this. Now I do. I. Yeah. I actually followed her on Instagram just yeah. so I could see if she could actually sell a shirt. If she decides to do it again, I hope she yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. But but I think you're you're, you're uh, proving a point of what I want to kind of talk about. It's like, okay, if they're going to become their own brand deal and they're creating their own products and they ha they're selling hundreds of millions of dollars, which they are, um, I see these stats of oh, so and so creator. Uh, pulled this amount of money in, but they're not attributing to all the all the merch sales and everything else from that. Because I I've seen some of these bigger creators uh, merch sales in a given month, and I can tell you it's a lot more than than what's being calculated. You know, from these so called um, you know blogs or whatever, saying reporting how much they're making because. The reality is, is those blogs are very conservative. No, they're extremely like conservative. When Forbes comes out, you know, talking about influencers or, or anyone, right? Um, or is it is it is it is it Vanity or Variety? Is Variety? It's Variety. Yeah. Like those numbers are pretty low, I believe. Well, they, they were saying, I, I know they were saying some of the top creators they were only pulling in ten to twelve million a year, and I know for a fact mm -hmm. that just in merch. For one of those creators, they were pulling uh, 1.5 a month yeah. in that. So that's a lot higher than that's just only in merch. That had nothing to do with anything else. With AdSense exactly. or integrations. Exactly. It's just like crazy. But like, Well, and, and there have been brands that have been successful with this as well. I, I believe is, is Bethany Moda um, that, that Bethany, did something yeah. with Aeropostale and made them tens of millions of dollars in, in retail sales. Yeah. And and so, so it's one of those things where, you know, it's going to get harder to be able to work with creators and and to get them to start endorsing, you know, your brand or like or or like or you know going to them saying, hey, you can have a percentage of this when they can maybe just go out there and source their own product and and create their own well, empire. I, I can tell you this: the level it, it's making integrations more expensive oh, right it now is. as well. It, mm -hmm. it, the level of of creators that are coming into the market right now, the ones that are actually disrupting the industry. They are smart and they are savvy and they understand all the aspects. They're not just picking up their camera and shooting it and editing it being done in 20 minutes. You know, they're they're really very strategic. 
And um, when they can see, oh, I could do this integrated brand deal. Yes, it will bring me $200,000 in over the course of this. And this is my asks that I need to do. Yes, it's going to probably only take me four or five hours um, of production to do it. And then probably another four or five hours of working with legal and, you know, all the other stuff. So that's a total of, you know, maybe 12 hours total. And yes, that would be a great paycheck. Or I can actually source my own similar product, use Alibaba, do Amazon uh, fulfillment and make more money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've seen seen creators that they've made more in a month than they did in the the whole previous year because they decided to source their own product and push it, and they put a a little bit more attention when it's their own brand that they're pushing, and they're like, oh, you know, there's a lot of stories leading up to it, there's a lot of hype, so the launch is just amazing, and then boom, you know, people are ready to buy. Yeah, sell out. Sell out. Yep. Well, I don't mean like sell out. But, like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Not that sell they out. They sell the product. They sell the product. Yeah. The, it, it's very interesting. So and some of them have gotten so shameless about it. If you look at the Paul brothers, like their audience I loves was, them creating music videos around their, around their merch. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a different time that we live in. I, but, but it's for brands to remember, look, these aren't, you know, just creatives. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, a lot of people think of them as like these creative guys, you know, kids that, you know, um, make videos. These are media rock stars. These are media. These are I, the future of media executives. Once one hundred percent. And I can tell you right now, um, yes. It, from the outside appearance, it's like, okay, you know, who is this person? Who is this kid? Who, whatever. You know, there's a lot of that. But the reality is, you sit in a room with some of these top creators. They know exactly what's going They're on. They're crazy intelligent. Very intelligent. They understand. Oh, if I do this, this increases the sell. How many times they actually try to sell merch in a video? how much the sales will actually go up from that. It's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, that being said, um, where do you see, you know, just in closing on this, where do you see the, the future of integrated brand deals? Like where, where is that going to be? Um, let's say in a couple of years. I think it's going to be a much bigger part of the media mix. As I mentioned earlier, I think, I think brands are going to become much more sophisticated around it. And, 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 and I think there's going to be an, a, a, an enlightening period in the next couple of years where you know, brands are going to realize that there's more data around integration, especially around like, the influencer side of the business. Right. Um, there's a lot more data there when it comes to um, of what they can use if, then, then we can compare it to traditional commercials. Because think about it. Let's say like, there's a huge brand, let's say, um, uh, let's say like a, a Coca-Cola. And let's say they have, you know, they're promoting, you know, one of their brands. Coke Zero. Let's say Coke Zero. Yeah. You know, how many video commercials are they creating um, in, let's say, f- a five-year period? Right. And what well, is no, the, no, So that's a question no, for No, no, no. They would probably do one a quarter, if not more than that, a couple sure. a quarter. And, and their budget for those are going to be off the charts. Sure. And then, and then do you think they're actually measuring how many sales they're getting from those commercials? Absolutely not. No. So... If you were to take AI and try to take the data that they have, it's going to be very limited because they have a limited amount of data. Right. Um, both when, when it comes to like what happens, you know, what are the outcomes, but specifically when it comes to the amount of data they have, like let's say unstructured. You know, if they're, if they're you know, doing four videos a year for, let's say, five years, that's a really small sample and you can do nothing with it. When, when we you know, create our data predictions or like our, 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 our predictive analytics, 
we're, we're sourcing from tens of thousands of videos. Yeah. You can't do that with traditional advertising. There's no company that's making that many commercials. Yeah. And so, and, 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 and so there's a big problem. First of all, there's not enough unstructured data for them to source from. And then second of all, um, there's, there, there's not enough people or enough brands that are measuring cells and correlating it to those commercials. And when, as we talked about Alibaba and, and, and Amazon becoming much bigger players in the retail space, they're not going to be satisfied when, when a brand comes to them and says, hey, we're spending $500 million a year on this brand. That's not going to be enough for them. They're going to say, well, wait, 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 wait. How well is this brand converting on our platform? Oh, it's not converting? Oh, yeah, and, and also, what's our margin with this brand on this platform? And if those two things aren't you know, resonating um, you know, to, to Amazon, um, they can make it so that brand's irrelevant. And so right now, a lot of these brands are creating their own e-commerce stores to try to figure out how they deal you know, with this evolution of, 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 of retail. And, and it's what crazy. it comes down to is they're going to have to depend on being inside the content where there's way more data rather than creating their own one-off commercial. Yeah. The, the days of commercials are slowly, well, they're slowing down. I'm not going to say they're going to die. Well, here's they're the, always going to be around, but um, it, it's going to be a lot more limited and, 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 and people are going to be much more data-driven where they're going to need to source a lot more data than they ever have before, especially, specifically on structured data. Yeah, and I can tell you um, for the kind of like looking in the future a little yeah. bit of where this is going, um, I think the writing's on the wall, and um, you know, as I'm driving down and I see these box stores that are closing down, more and more people are buying it's super online. Sad. It, it's sad yeah. to see more and more people are buying online. It's a lot more convenient. Um, we shipping, order milk online. I, 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 we and, order everything day, and you yeah. get it within hours. You yes. know, it's just crazy. But that's the whole thing: is it's easier and more convenient. That's what people want right now. Um, it's about the you know the convenience of it. Here's an interesting thing. And this is a, probably the most interesting thing about Amazon is they actually introduced live streaming now integrated into Amazon. So like you could have an influencer go in on a sales page, do a live stream for a specific product. Wow. Do you know how big that is? Well, that's, that's huge. Well, so according to you know, a lot of our partners in China, and, and, and this, this, this is going back to what you just said, uh, according to a lot of our partners in China and with some of the research that that we've done, um, Alibaba has spent around a billion dollars on just influencers. That's crazy. In the last year. And some of it's rev share. Yeah. And then some of it, you know, isn't. And, and, and they're seeing a lot of sales happen from um, live streaming. Yeah. And so Amazon, I mean, Amazon and Alibaba are both learning from it, each other. It, it's and, and it's we're writing on the wall. That's why I see the future is going is less. Well, less why do you think Amazon has a creator program? Why well, do they have an influencer program? It's because like, this I, is, I this is a NDA. big part of Oh, you can't go there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we don't need to edit this out, okay. but I mean, that, we can't go into that. <laughs> How many things have we edited out today? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, but um, but what, what it comes down to is, you know, there's going to be a, I mean, I don't know. I haven't spoken to Amazon about this, but there's going to be a lot of things that's going to really empower creators. And they're right now out there pushing it. I'm seeing it commercials it's in all their the best time. interest, and it's the best interest of the, the creators. It just makes sense. But. And this is where Google and YouTube and Facebook are going to have to figure out, okay, um, is Amazon going to become a competitor? Or are they going to become a resource to empower their current creators? Yeah. And because of Twitch.tv, even though it's very I, niche, it's doing what TV hasn't I, been able to do. I'm telling you, yeah. I think if one thing, one thing is, I know everyone wants to their own piece of everything. Yeah. 
But if they could work like uh, like an Apple deal with Amazon, say, okay, just give us a percentage of everything that's going over on these links that are coming from the page, mm-hmm. that would be a slam dunk, you know, and make it a little bit more tighter integrated. But right now, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. But that's a discussion for another day. Okay. Uh, thank you all for coming on. Wait, has it already been an hour? That's it. Oh it's like goodness. we got we we got we got to go. <laughs> we got to work. <laughs> But thank you for coming on and make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to tell your friends about this because that's what you're supposed to do as friends. You're supposed to tell people what you actually like. <laughs>